Yesterday I had my last wedding of the year and uh, it wasn't a great day for a wedding actually. <laughs> there was lots of rain and wind and everything. But it was a beautiful wedding and uh, now Mr. and Mrs. Murphy are hopefully enjoying married life and uh, it was, uh, it is what I always find, it is a very beautiful sacrament, the sacrament of marriage, because it represents union and communion. Union of this couple with each other and union with God in being the sacrament and communion with other people. Because it is quite remarkable that two people can fall in love and from that falling in love, a whole lot of strangers are brought together and will be part of each other's life. The Trinkleback and the Murphy families are going to know each other for generations to come. So it is beautiful that the union of that couple in love and their union with God brings about a wider communion among many other people. And I think that is why Jesus chose this parable specifically uh, at this time when there was so much hostility towards him from the scribes and Pharisees at that time. And he told its story, the parable, about the king sending out people to invite, first of all, those who would have expected an invitation. The scribes and Pharisees, the rulers of that time, and they were, they were so preoccupied in themselves that they didn't see the revelation of God in Jesus Christ, inviting them to a deeper union with God and a deeper communion with other people as well. And that is why Jesus spent his life going to the remote places, staying away from Jerusalem. He went out to the backward places and he preached the kingdom of God there, inviting people into communion with God, into union with God and a communion with other people as well. The invitation was quite generous. It was to whoever Jesus encountered, he invited them into communion with God. It didn't matter who they were. Even the Samaritan woman at the well even he told the stories about the robber, you know, the gentleman that was left for dead, and the Samaritan man lifted him up. All the people who not normally would have been invited into union with God, Jesus included them completely. And Jesus embraced them. Let the children come to me. My child, has no one condemned you? To the woman caught in adultery neither I condemn you, go in peace, bringing her into union with God. And that's what's something very beautiful about that. Towards the end of his life, um, Jesus, in, in John chapter 15, verse 5, uh, make your home, remain in me as I remain in you. Remain in me as I remain in you. This is something that's very profound because another, another beautiful saint, 
St. John of the Cross, one of the best Spanish poets even still, said, you who are looking for God, you are yourself that very place where God dwells. Can you imagine that for a minute? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit dwells in you at this moment, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you embrace it or not. And that is the wedding feast Jesus is inviting you into. He wants you to marry that presence in your life. The journey into that presence within you is the longest journey you will ever make. But it is one in which you are being invited into, into that union of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Sometimes it is very difficult to be aware of this presence because at times, if you sit down to pray, there can be a lot of noise inside of you that distracts you, a lot of fears, a lot of worries, a lot of anxiety. Some spiritual writers compare it to like a storm at sea, that everything has been churned around constantly within us. And they're saying that you have to just hand all of that over to God and become quiet. To become quiet like a, quiet, like a pool in a forest that is perfectly still and perfectly calm. That even if a leaf falls onto the top of the, the pool, you will see it ripple out across it. Because what we have to know is that God's first language is silence. And unless we become silent within, we won't be able to hear his voice inviting you into communion, into union with him, a deeper and deeper union. Because with that comes a deeper peace, a deeper joy, a deeper hope, a deeper love, a love that is so powerful it will inspire you to bring about communion with other people. It will be so, so rich that you cannot but share the good news with other people. How often in that narthex have I been shown, a grandmother shown me a picture of their first grandchild? Lots of times. Because they have to share the joy, which is beautiful. But it's the same with God. You will have to share the joy with other people. And why I'm saying this is that this is needed in the world today. We need more and more people to enter into communion, into union with God, and that they can establish communion in the world in which we live in. That is why I speak about Abraham, our father and faith. He was the first human being who knew of union with God. And then that led him on to create a people of God. And we are invited to exactly the same where we are in the world today, among your family, among your friends, in the society in which you live in, in your neighborhood, and hopefully beyond. Let us enter, enter into that place of union with God so that we can be agents of communion 
with other people in the world today. Let us pray for this. Let us pray there will be an increase of Holy Communion among all people. Today you will receive at the Eucharist the Sacrament of Holy Communion. Let us pray that that sacrament will become a reality for more and more people in the world, especially in places where there is so much division and hatred and murder going on in the world.